You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. Welcome, Hoosier fans, to another victorious episode of the Assembly Call as today your Indiana Hoosiers defeat the Harvard Crimson 89-76 to at Gainbridge Fieldhouse in Indianapolis in a game that the Hoosiers were actually down by one at halftime after a really poor sequence to end the half where Mac banks in a three and just kind of another lackluster first half for Indiana. You come out, get the news that Xavier Johnson isn't going to play at the start of the second half, and things are looking... You know, a little tenuous there, but the Hoosiers outscore Harvard by 14 points in the second half, really played better defense, much more cohesive offense, uh, and were able to get a big win where for the first time all season, the Hoosiers outpaced the analytical expectations for kind of what they were quote unquote supposed to do uh, and win by 13 in a game where they were favored by six. Lots of stuff to break down, but overall, a lot of positives to take out of this performance for Indiana and really their last big kind of quote unquote tune up game before the schedule stiffens here with Maryland and then Michigan and Auburn and Kansas. It's about to get tougher. We wanted to see some positive signs from Indiana in this game while also making sure that you get the win. I think we saw that, and we'll break it down for you on this edition of the Assembly Call IU postgame show, which, oh my goodness, we're all here. Coach and I thought it might just be us, but Ryan's here, Andy's here. All right, let's have a fun little Sunday here, fellas. Uh, We'll start this show the way that we start every show, and that is with our Hoosier Proud banner moment. And I'm going to go to the two-minute mark in the second half. Malik Renew gets the ball in the post, turns, stays patient, throws an alley-oop to Khalil Ware. It put Indiana up 13 at the time, their biggest lead of the game, and really shut the door on any potential Harvard comeback. Uh, And it was those two guys. It was Buddy Ball in the second half. 27 points combined for those two. Uh, That play in particular big because Malik Renew also left the game for a little while in the second half, which was a tense moment for everybody, holding his back. But he was able to come back in, be productive, continues to be Indiana's go-to offensive player, both as a scorer and a facilitator. But also Khalil Ware today was just outstanding. You know, with no X, with Malik hobbled there in the second half, Khalil played the entire second half, scored 16 points, and really found a variety of ways to score him on an alley-oop, on an outside jumper, on a turnaround uh, on the block with his left hand. Khalil really showed a versatile offensive game in that second half while also pacing Indiana in rebounds and altering a ton of shots by Harvard. But those two guys, Malik Renu and Khalil Ware, for better or worse, in this era of you know three-point shooting and then you know a lot of things that Indiana's not doing right now, they do have those two guys to lean on, uh, and they were able to come up big in the second half with no X and help Indiana get this victory. All right, that is our banner moment, and now let's talk about our presenting sponsor. This is our banner moment, as always, brought to you by our friends at Homefield Apparel, now in their seventh season sponsoring the Assembly Call and their third as the presenting sponsor for the Back Home Network. Homefield, as you know, has the largest collection of vintage IU apparel that you will find anywhere. And since IU is their flagship school, you know there's going to be more high-quality gear coming. And whatever they bring out that's new, whether it's the snapback hats or the bomber jackets, it's always Indiana first. Sometimes Indiana gets two of something before any before other teams get something else. That's why you want to go to Home Field Apparel. Use our promo code to save a lot of money. Me, today, weather's dipped into the 40s. I've got my crew neck on. 
I love the uh, the crew neck. Looks like Coach is wearing his crew neck too. Hoodies, shirts, whatever it is, whatever season you're shopping for, whatever type of fan you're shopping for, home field apparel has it all. Even if you're shopping for someone who's not a college sports fan, they have a core collection where you can just get their hoodies and crew necks and comfy t-shirts blank if that's what you want. So, I mean, they truly have something for everybody. It is Christmas time. If you want to knock out like everybody on your list, go to Home Field Apparel. And if you go right now, I think the deal is still going. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong. But their Black Friday deal gives you 20% off if that's still going. If not, you can use our promo code HOME23 to get 15% off. But this is why you want to follow Home Field on Twitter, subscribe to their emails, get the app, because they're always doing these flash sales and giving you opportunities to save more money. So subscribe everywhere. Go to homefieldapparel.com, use our promo code HOME23, get 15% off your first order. Once again, the website, homefieldapparel.com, wear one for the team. All right, well, it is time to move the ball, find the open man, and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team. Coach, it is Tonsoni time. What's on your mind? Yeah, I thought this was uh, Indiana's best game overall, uh, still with some issues throughout the game, which happens in every kind of basketball game. I, I thought... A little worried at halftime uh, after a, a good start. I, I thought the, the substitute pattern there kind of stalled Indiana in the first half. Uh, they still should have taken a five- or six-point lead into half. But, man, the second half, handling adversity and playing with passion. Those are the two things I'll be talking about uh, quite a bit, as well as some individual things. I thought Indiana overcome losing their point guard and then seeing Renew go to the locker room. And they did that uh, with a offense that uh, wasn't heavy middle ball screen. Um, still had some post-ups necessary plays, but the ball moved a lot more in the second half. And I thought that's more of what this team needs to be uh, with uh, getting refined, obviously. I think we saw a glimpse of what this team could be with Mbako and the front line uh, playing as well as uh, they did. So again, five and one and a little bit closer to what we want here heading into Big Ten play. Absolutely. Andy, what is your bottoms line on this Indiana victory? Uh, really happy for Mackenzie Mbako. Uh, a lot of, a lot of things have not gone anywhere near the way he thought that they would, uh, come into IU. I know many who have followed the show will probably say, I'm just doing this because it makes me feel better about some of my projections for him before the season. And maybe you're a little yes. bit right. Um, but nevertheless, um, but no, pretty sure you were the one Woody was talking to in the press conference. Last yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, what are, what are you going to do? Um, uh, but he, you know, ran, they ran a couple of plays for him early and really got him engaged. He had a few tough rebounds, Still struggles defensively. That's going to happen. Um, you know, he, he can get incrementally better. Um, but, uh, but, but I thought they did a good job of really keep getting him engaged early. Uh, and that really paid dividends throughout. He took a couple tough shots, but he actually was taking difficult shots, not because he thought it was his only chance to get a shot, but because he had actually built some confidence within the flow of the game, uh, which uh, is probably the first time that had happened in the entire season so far. Um, so really excited for him. They even let him initiate offense a couple times, brought the ball up the floor. Um, and, and as they tried to kind of piece things together without X. So, um, you know, thought that was, uh, thought that was great. And, uh, you know, I think, I think both the things that I'll talk to here speak a bit to, you know, to Woodson, which was his ability to get what he's getting out of Khalil Ware right now, or Khalil Ware is something that a lot of people weren't sure about coming in. Uh, and he he has gotten him to answer the bell in a big way, as you mentioned in the banner moment, and um, seems to have his finger on the pulse of of Mbako as well. So uh, really, really, really happy for him. And 
a good team win. Had some a, a number of guys step in. Uh, saw Anthony Leal. Saw you know Gabe Cups had some moments. Uh, some good, some bad, but skied for a couple rebounds. Uh, Renew, I think, is going to have to learn how to deal with the double teams that are going to come. Tried to dribble through multiple guys a few times, but I think that comes with. He's played really, really well. Other teams respect that, and and so that for him is a good problem to have. Now he's got to figure out how to play out of it. But you know, a lot of positives given the circumstances. Um, and like you said, could argue that it's the best game uh, that IU has played. And um, it was it, the second half, at least in stretches, was was fun to watch because you could see more of the glimpses uh, of what this team could be. And uh, you know, that that's kind of what you got to hope for at this point, based on what we've seen from him so far. And so I thought there were. Some things to like, still some stuff to work on, but uh, but excited for for Mbako for sure. All right, Ryan, what's your rant? Yeah, I, I think in the off season there was a lot of conversation about the veteran leadership on this team, about Xavier Johnson and Trey Galloway, and how they were going to improve and they were going to be the leaders on the floor and off uh, through th- these games. I think it's become very obvious that the leaders on the floor with their performance are Malik Renew and Khalil Ware. Uh, they're the ones who are showing up every game and giving everything they've got and playing the hardest. I think Xavier, while he's been hurt, uh, the the energy has been there from Trey and Xavier, but the performance has not been a step forward as we expected. The guys who are stepping up are a freshman or are two sophomores. I'm sorry. And then I I thought today, Mackenzie Baco as a freshman, he played very hard and that's been an issue for him early. And, and defensively, I thought he was better today just because I think he was so engaged offensively that is, energy level was higher. So those three guys won this game for Indiana when at times it did not look good. And and the defense certainly got better in the second half and the offense flowed better. And I think Harvard was maybe playing far above its level in the first half and then came back down to earth, missing a lot of outside shots and things. But the two guys who are the on-court leaders for this team are Khalil Ware and Malik Renew. They have showed up every single game, played incredibly hard, they don't get down on themselves. They don't get, I mean, it's hard to get down on yourself if you're, if you're clear aware and you're 12 of 13 from the floor, but uh, you know, they don't get frustrated with fouling and things like that. I think the UConn game was tough for both of them. Other than that, they've been there the whole time. Clay, clear aware, step outside and shoot some more. You can like, he, it yeah. looks good and he needs to, and he keeps hitting them. Um, but those guys are the leaders. Malik, you five assists today. You know, I mean, it's just, uh, it's been very impressive from them. Also concerning on the other end that your guards aren't performing the way you had hoped. Hopefully that balances out. You get some more from them as the season goes along. X gets healthy, all that. Not not judging them or putting them down, but you've just seen so much more from those young post players than you have from your guards. And it was really funny. Uh, during the game, they said, well, Robbie almost said, well, Indiana is really going to have to lean on its guard depth now. And I was kind of like, what guard depth? I mean, you know, it's it, like nobody's really doing much out there, guys. Um, but I thought that, you know, some guys came in, gave some good energy. Caleb Banks played well. Uh, Anthony Walker, I thought, played really well today, too. I mean, made some mistakes as he's going to make over playing things. But it was nice to see those young guys keep stepping up. And they're the key to Indiana's season at this point. They really are. The guards need to hit shots and rebound. But those guys look like the key to everything. Well, look. And you really saw it today. I know the Mbako Renew Wear trio is kind of controversial and doesn't seem to fit together perfectly well. But you saw today why they're the starters. You know, Khalil with twenty eight, Malik with seventeen, Mackenzie Mbako with eighteen. They're just they're the most uh 
talented offensive players that Indiana has. They can do the most things on the court, you know? And so, yes, it's not a perfect fit, but you have to find a way to, you know, to make that work. And Andy, you know, we got so used to just ridiculous stat lines last year from Trace Jackson Davis, you know, by the, end, by the end of the season, it's just like, oh yeah, you know, Trace had another one of these crazy stat lines. I mean, Khalil Ware today, 28 points, eight rebounds, three assists, two blocks, three steals, 12 of 13 from the field and hit a three. I mean, I know it's just against Harvard and all this stuff. And, you know, we saw him against UConn. He wasn't nearly as good, but him showing just this range of different things that he can do. That to me is what I was most impressed with in the second half is seeing the different ways he can score, you know, not just finishing on a great pass from Malik Renew, but, you know, to Ryan's point, stepping out and making a three, you know, hitting that little, you know, turnaround with the left hand. And so if he can continue to do that, no, you know, the whole buddy ball thing isn't a formula for going and winning the Big Ten. You know, we've got to find ways to get more scoring. But boy, those two guys can be really effective when they're playing like this. And when you have Khalil disengaged, I mean, he can just do so many things on a basketball court. Yeah, I, I really uh, he he showed a little bit of all of it today. And like you and he missed one shot and the only shot he missed, he got his own rebound to put it back in. So, you know, otherwise, otherwise, not a bad day. He's just padding the rebounding. Stats. Not a bad day. Not a bad day. Uh, you know, I, I think you, you are, you're just starting to see him feel more comfortable and confident. And so I think the effort is kind of an, those questions are largely an afterthought at this point. Um, for him, it's just now trying to figure out ways you can get him involved and get him the ball. Uh, he and, and, uh, and Renew have good chemistry on those lob plays where it's kind of like, a you know, he kind of nods his head and Malik just throws it up to him and, and he hammers it down and, and even the three that he made, you know, kind of faked the pass and then to stand there like, well, I'm wide open. Guess I should just go ahead and take this. And hit is nobody going to guard me? Yeah. Hit another one toward the top of the key. Um, you know, who's proven to be pretty adept at uh, at making those really, really tough turnaround fadeaways that I, I remember um, you talking about to the the guy from Oregon that, that you talked to after he transferred where he's like, he takes these like he likes to take these fadeaway shots that are unblockable, but really difficult. Um and it's like you see it. He he makes enough of them to um, to keep him honest. And and I think there were a couple times he you know rebounding wise didn't go after it the way he needed to. But you saw him kind of self correct within the game. Uh, of I think there were two possessions in a row. One where he basically just got kind of bullied under the basket, didn't get the rebound, gave up an offensive rebound. The very next possession did not let that happen. Went up aggressively uh, and got the ball. And um, and and you know I, I just I just think you're seeing growth from him from game to game and within the game. And, and that's really exciting for a guy who has uh, as many just raw tools as he does. You know, coach, we've talked a lot here in the early season when it comes to McKenzie and Baco that, you know, a freshman whose identity as a basketball player is a scorer, you may want to try to go out of your way to get him going early because it gets him more engaged. You know, we've talked a lot about Mike Woodson's quote from last year. It's not my job to get Miller cop shots. And you know, for with a fifth-year senior like Miller Cop, who's going to give you the same focus no matter if he's hit six threes or if he hasn't taken any in two games, you can do that. I thought with Mbako today, you know, two of his first baskets came off of structured action. You know, stuff they were running to help get him involved. And I thought, you know, and look, maybe he was just ready to be more involved anyway. But I was just wondering if you could speak a little bit there to, you know, the psychology of getting a scorer to play defense 
sometimes it does seem like a smart thing to put your hand on the lever there a little bit, try to get that guy's shots to get going, and then maybe you get some more of this. Because I, I misspoke earlier, by the way. I said Khalil Ware paced Indiana in rebounding, and Baco had eight rebounds. And several of those were tough rebounds. And so we just saw more this two being engaged as a too. basketball player. And to me, I don't think it's a coincidence that he was able to get going as a scorer early. You you score 20 points for me. I don't really care what you do defensively. <laughs> the name of the game is scoring points. Like, not all five guys can guard. We'll hide you. Like Ryan texted that, I said, or he tweeted that, like, you got to hide him. Uh, if you can drop 20 and shoot from outside – you know, we'll put you on the worst dude. We'll put you on the dork, the banker's son, or the superintendent's son, and not guard somebody. And and let's go, right? We'll dork him. That's what we call. We always pick the dork on the other team that not to guard. And we want that guy shooting. And yet, I do think that scorers get when they get that feeling. Then all of a sudden, their stance is better, positioning is better, their rebounding is better. Uh, so, you know, we've been clamoring for that. They ran a nice set for, for his first, uh, two and a half point shot with his toes on the line, uh, which Indiana would have hit seven threes if they would have had their feet behind the line, maybe eight. I know gun had one and Baco had a couple. Um, but that might be something coach needs to do, uh, to get at least, uh, some, a better effort from Mbako. but Mb- he was great. His offensive rebound and one, he, that was his second offensive rebound on a free throw. He was he was locked in. Had a few deflections. That 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 is what we thought we would see from from game one. Now he just needs to bottle it. But uh, yeah, you know if if you can score like he can, don't matter. Well, and, and, really. You know, and the thing is, Ryan. You know, you guys took some grief in the YouTube comment section after a couple of those games. They're like, hey, these are the guys that were saying Mbako is the best player on the team. You know, and he didn't do much. And I think, you know, what you saw today was you know just like we talked about with Ware. Mbako has a lot of different ways he can score. You know, you saw that little step back. You know, you you see him able to go take guys into the post. He's clearly Indiana's most confident three-point shooter, you know, and so, and that's the element. I mean, this is what, you know, if you don't get this performance from McKenzie Mbako today, or if he does what he's normally done, five or six points, well, you're in another grinder down the stretch. I mean, the big difference today was Mbako gave you what he was recruited to give you. And now, is this going to be an every game thing? Probably not. The guy's going to continue to have ups and downs. But I thought what you saw today was both a performance and a way to use him that are really worth building upon. Yeah, look, he is the best player on the team as far as a skill perspective, uh, like from a skill perspective. And I think it's interesting. Like the thing he can do is he can make something out of nothing. He can be a one-on-one player, and Mike Woodson needs a one-on-one player for his offense. Now, X can get by a guy every once in a while and make a play at the rim. Trey, if he's you know feeling confident, can go by a guy. Khalil Ware can do stuff here and there, but every time Mbako gets the ball, he can score. He, he has that potential. You saw the step back. You saw him just drive into the lane, create space with his body, and, and shoot. You can see him knock down threes. He's got length. He can catch the ball inside and go up. He can get an offensive rebound, do something. He is your best offensive player as far as potential goes and the skill goes. Now, Khalil Ware is obviously scoring 28 points for you. He's he's the best on-court presence you have right now. But you need to get Mackenzie Mbako going if this season's going to go anywhere because he's the difference maker. Your inside guys are going to score what they're going to score. You need somebody who can do something else. And, and right now, the guy who can do that is Mackenzie Mbako. And I do think you need to play him through his struggles you need to as coach as as i said on on twitter and as coach said as well cover for him defensively 
make it so he doesn't have to, you know, be a big, <clears throat> be a big part of what you're doing defensively and, and ease him in that way. And maybe if you get him going offensively, you'll get more energy out of him, which is what happened today. He got going offensively. You had more energy, which is what happens with a lot of freshmen, not just five-star guys with talent. But if you get a bucket, see something go in, they'll be more engaged. Heck it happened with a senior last year, sometimes in Miller cop. Now he was always giving energy, but he was much better defensively when he felt like he was connected and part of the game. That's what you need to do with Mbako. We've been saying that's what you need to do with him from the beginning. He needs to be connected. He needs to be part of the game, and that will help him defensively because he'll work harder to get those offensive points on the other end. But he's an offensive player. He's a freshman. He's going to struggle defensively. You have to just grit grit your teeth and get through that and, and let him cook offensively. I really think that's the key to this because you got to have something other than paint points. You gotta have somebody who can stretch the floor. You gotta have somebody who can make something off the bounce, make something happen, change it up, and that—that's your guy right now. Uh, before we break here for uh, segment two, I do just want to remind everybody: go to the website inforindiana.com. You may remember a couple weeks back we did that big NIL drive, raised you know over five hundred thousand dollars, all of which was matched. Well, that's still going on. The match is up to a million dollars, and obviously with yesterday's news, or I guess shoot, that was today's news. Uh, the Indiana is moving on from Tom Allen. Uh, obviously, NIL is going to be huge, both for basketball, for football, for so many of Indiana sports. So if you haven't donated yet, go to inforindiana.com. You can set up recurring donations you know, or just give once, whatever it is that you want to do. But that is still going. Let's keep getting the donations rolling uh, because there is someone out there who's going to continue to match those. So inforindiana.com. All right. Coming up here as we continue our breakdown of Indiana's 13-point victory over Harvard, we'll point out today's meaningful moments you might have missed and then go inside the numbers to highlight the most important statistical notes from the game. You're listening to The Assembly Call. Stick with us. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey guys, it's Gene Steratore, CBS officiating analyst and retired Big Ten basketball official. You know I have never listened to the assembly call, and to be honest, I don't intend to. But if you listen, make sure you ignore anything Ryan says about officiating. He's really good from the seat of his pants, but I wouldn't trust him on the court with a whistle around his neck. Time has proven him wrong on virtually everything. Take care. We'll talk soon. And just like that, Ryan bounced. He couldn't take the heat from Gene Steratore for one more show, so he left. Now nah, it's an NFL Sunday. 
He's got he's got his duties for the big lead, but we appreciate him popping in here. Uh, you're listening to the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. I'm Jared Morris here with Coach Brian Tonsoni and Andy Bottoms, and it is time for our meaningful moment that you might have missed. Meaningful moments that you might have missed. This segment brought to you by our friends at Hoosier Ticket Project, where they help individuals and families experience IU athletic events in person for the first time through the generosity of alumni and fans. To learn more about how you can donate money or extra tickets to help create meaningful moments for other IU fans, visit HoosierTicketProject.org. That's HoosierTicketProject.org. All right, Andy, let's start with you. I know you have to bounce here in just a little bit as well. Uh, What meaningful moments stood out to you from this game? Yeah, I need to take over calling the Eagles defense for the fourth quarter because they have no answer for Josh Allen right now. Um, what are they, but, like, uh, 11 and 1? Or hey, 10 and 1 or something? They got a tough schedule coming up. Need to Eagles need to win the home games. Man. What are you going to do? Jeez. Anyway, um, yeah, a couple of things. I, I just wanted to hit a couple of things about uh, Trey and, and Gabe Cups. I think on a game like this, you had, you know, where the, the front court guys were clearly the headliners. The backcourt struggled at times in, in different ways. You know, a couple of plays that that stood out and that you're going to need more of. One, one there was a possession early in the second half. Um, Cups played really good defense, then went in skied to get a rebound. Uh, did the same thing later after a possession where he wasn't defending the shooter. You know, for a team that has really struggled to rebound the basketball, uh, and and all the talk that Woodson's had about the guards needing to do more there, thought Cups showed that he's that he's listening, which is kind of what you'd expect from a coach's kid, but. Thought he had some moments of playing good defense, struggled a lot at other times. Um, and and some of the stuff, you know, Mac got both he and Galloway, I feel like, on kicking his leg out just enough to to be there um, on that. But I thought, you know, some good rebounds from Cups. Uh, like, I think that's, that's a positive. And if X is out for any period of time, like, you're going to have to see him a lot. It's going to be a great opportunity for him uh, to grow. But I thought that was, um, that was notable there. And then Galloway... I, I'd be curious to get you guys thoughts just on what you think he's doing or not doing. I, I think to, to some extent he's trying to do too much and tell everybody where they need to be. I think we've talked about that or you guys have talked about that on, on other post game shows seems kind of reluctant to shoot at times. And, and he had a couple, uh, you know, one was end of shot clock. The other one, he was open, but a couple bad missed threes. But then I think for not the first time uh, in the game was able to get into the lane, kicked it out to Caleb Banks for a three uh, that really kind of ended any question of what was going to happen with the game. And I think, I feel like he did that a couple times today. I don't know that the guys always knock down the shots, but as you start thinking about how can IU look a little bit more like modern college basketball, some of the drive and kick stuff, they just don't do um, a, a lot. And I think he's a guy who was able to get into the lane and maybe that's something that helps uh, him get going uh, a little bit more as well, being a facilitator and not worrying as much about the offense. But I thought his ability to get into the lane, kick out some passes to guys who were, Wide open. And in the short term, I use perimeter guys are going to get wide open shots uh, if they if guys can draw the defense and kick it out. Yeah. You know, Andy, I think you're I think you're right on, on Trey uh, on that one kick out uh, for, for the three. But I, later he takes a floater, contested floater and air balls it. And there were two guys on the right side and only one defender. And I think X does this too a lot. X got bailed out on an and one, which was a really bad shot selection. He drove in, tried to just throw it up. He got bailed out. The ball went in. Everyone's like, yeah, that's a great – no, it's not. It's a bad decision that was – that he he's so talented that he could make it happen. Um, part of it is is the offense that we've talked about, but also it's some that 
our guards don't need to be scorers when you got those three guys on the front line. They need to be facilitators. And then all of a sudden you'll see more guard scoring because the ball that uh, one more passing drive and kick. Uh, X had two really good ones in the first half. Um, but he only had one assist. Uh, we'll talk about the numbers. The second half assist numbers for the perimeters uh, were much better in the numbers section. But I can't agree with you more on, on Trey right now. And that's the struggle that I have. Uh, you need Mbako shooting because X needs to score at the rim other than a kick out three. And the same with Trey. Trey has to be a set shooter. They're both set shooters, not off the move shooters. And so now you got a bunch of guys that have to score at the rim is why the offense gets um, bogged down sometimes. And I think Still attacking is important. Trey's job is important, but he needs to jump stop, play off two feet, find the next guy out there, and that ball might even come back into the post on a on a ball reversal for a wide-open dunk uh, in that kind of action too. But we take an awful lot of bad shots and turnovers jumping in the air to pass in transition. He's had trouble making those uh, decisions, and, and it's just a mindset of I, I still think it is trying to do too much or be too fancy. Make the simple play. Hit some singles and doubles, and this team's talented enough to score enough points if you have singles and doubles instead of home runs from our perimeters. To your point, Coach, Trey, to me, seems like a guy who's still stuck between being energy guy, Trey, supporting player Trey, and feeling the pressure to step up and be more of a scorer. It was a big Correct. topic of conversation in the offseason. You know, is Indiana going to go get Nick Timberlake or Dalton Connect or all these other guys to fill this supposed hole at the two, which, you know, we knew was there. And when none of those things happened, then we started talking about how important it is. Okay, well, maybe Trey can take that next step up and maybe he can show more of an ability as a shooter. Like, Coach, you just look at his body language when he shoots right now. He is not a confident shooter at all. I mean, his shot seems broken as much mentally as physically. Like you can, you can just tell. Like when a shooter misses, there's there's almost surprise. He just seems kind of resigned and dejected to the shot not going in, and he really hasn't been close. And I fault him for that a little bit less than I just fault the roster construction. He's just being asked to do right. something that isn't in his wheelhouse right now, and. You know, like, okay, but this is what the team needs, so he's got to do it. But there's just a disconnect right now between what he's being asked to do and his ability to do it. On the bright side, you know, he didn't score on that first transition opportunity. The next two that he led, he scored. One himself, one off a nice pass to Mbako. That was nice to see. You know, and he's trying. I mean, he went two for nine today and, you know, tried to put up some threes. But the shot is just broken right now. And he's not yeah. able to be Even what he in was that last year, which was an opportunistic yeah. shooter. You know, yeah. Even in that fast break to Mbako, he waited too long to get to him. It was just yeah, almost like a handoff pass. at the rim. It was an awkward pass. Yeah, really bad spacing. Out. Yeah, bad spacing on that. But um, yeah, so I think Trey, Andy, you're right with the, you know, Trey still trying to figure some things out. Our, our guard play is not really good right now, um, to, and that's just being uh, being nice, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah I think. Yeah, two two quick things on Trey. You know, one, your description of him trying to figure out that role is a lot like senior year Will Sheehy of a guy who had made his yes. his bread and butter was being the guy that does a little bit of everything and giving you what you need and being the the wild man out there a little bit. Uh, and really, when they needed more from him, was hard for him to flip that switch. It, it feels like you said that that's um, you know the the case with Trey. And I think from a uh, I totally forgot the other point that I was going to make. I think it was something relative to the, you know, to the shooting. Um, but 
it, it, I don't know. Maybe it'll come back to me as we go. So we'll we'll move forward and maybe it'll uh, it'll jog my memory. Yeah, no, let me know if you remember it. You know, just a couple other plays that I wanted to point out. One which was going to be the banner moment, and we you know we've kind of we've mentioned it a little bit, but I just wanted to go back to it. Uh, it is the rebound that Mackenzie and Baco got when it was sixty to fifty one. Um, Malik is at the free throw line for the end one. He misses it. You know, Harvard gets that rebound. They got a chance to go down and cut it to six or seven. And instead, McKenzie and Baco goes through two guys to get the rebound, scores, gets fouled, shows emotion, hits the free throw, put Indiana up 63 to 51, uh, and really kind of felt like a, a door slammer to to a certain extent. Now, Harvard was able to get it back a little bit after that, and I think they got it to maybe 68-61 before Khalil and, and Malik pushed it back out. But in the moment, that was a huge play. And I think those are some of the things that you want to see from Mbako, who, you know, the first few games, even from kind of a body language standpoint, like you didn't see a lot of emotion from him, which, you know, perfectly understandable given how much he was struggling. And, you know, so to see him kind of be that into it and fired up was really nice to see. And then, Andy, I thought there was a sequence from Caleb Banks late in the game that really just kind of showed like the full Caleb Banks experience right now. This is when it was 68-61. He skies and gets a tough rebound. I mean, just one of the rebounds that, you know, Banks is probably one of the only guys on the team that is going to get. Then hits a three off a pass from Trey. That made it 71-61, which was big because Harvard was making a little run. That pushed it back out. Then the very next possession throws one of the laziest passes you'll ever see out on the perimeter that led to a dunk going the other way for Harvard. You know, so it's just it's a sophomore who's learning how to play. But, you know, again, for the second straight game, made some big plays late for this Indiana team. But that pass is obviously one that hopefully as he gets a little bit older, he'll be able to avoid. It didn't come back to bite Indiana today, but man, they had three or four turnovers in the second half where it's just, I mean, Mbako just threw a pass right to a guy. It's like, what are you doing? You know, and and frankly, because of the fact that this team, again, doesn't get the extra efficiency from the three-point line, they can't afford turnovers like that. A better team might have you know, made them pay a little bit more than Harvard was able to. Yeah, that uh, turnover on the, the pass back out top was a real throwback to the Archie Miller era that I, you know, <laughs> I think I we were all pretty too. excited about. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, I, again, IU just, they can't, it, for the same reason that we talk about IU needing to get out in transition and make some of those plays because the offense struggles so much. By the same token, you can't give you know runouts for dunks on the other end because you, you got to your your defense is struggling enough already that you, you can't really uh, give them ones that are any easier than what you already are in a lot of cases, unfortunately. But uh, but I thought good good minutes from him again, and, and interestingly enough, at one point I texted you guys. I'm like, I think Banks is playing the two right now. It was either him or Mbako, depending upon what you thought about the roster. And I'm like, this is a this is a lineup. I don't think anyone could have foreseen, uh, to be fair. And that was an amazing catch by Alameda Zacchaeus. Um, and so we... Uh, <laughs> Andy, I was waiting. I was here. waiting. Castellano, I was waiting for well. Andy to say something. Anyway, sorry. Anyway, um, but but I think he's he's clearly earning minutes with, with his effort. Uh, and I think that's really the case of all these guys on the bench. I think Banks can be a better defender than what he's shown. He got driven a couple times today. But you also saw this was a game where C.J. Gunn, who I felt like had been IU's arguably their best on-ball defender, didn't play at all in the second half and, and really didn't play a lot in the first. Um, you know, after he was one of the guys who made it, maybe he played Caleb more because he could actually get his feet behind the three-point line when he shot and made two of them. Uh, or did, or was he one of the ones who had his, uh, no, his, his foot both, on the line? No, his counting. 
All right, good for he's him. He's at fifty percent uh, now for the season, by the way. So maybe that's why he's playing. The not team. bad. What are you going to do? Um, <laughs> so no, I think he's a guy that you've got to play from an athleticism standpoint. You know, he's a different look than what you're going to get if you're playing him at the three. He's a little bit different look than what you're going to get from a, a an Mbako. Um and and I think can do some things on the glass and um, and defensively that Mbako probably cannot. Uh, so I think uh, so I think good to see the continued growth from him. Talking about some of the depth questions is trying to figure out like okay who are some of these other guys that are going to step up. He's starting to answer that question. Anthony Walker for another game had a couple moments defensively that were rough, um, but contributed some things and showed better shot selection in general. Uh, and so you've got some of these guys starting to solidify, maybe solidify roles a little bit and and kind of get things together. So uh, so good good to see that from Caleb. Would like to see really need to see the same from CJ. Uh, quite honestly, if X is going to be out for any period of time, because uh, as Ryan said, the uh, the mentioned guard depth uh, <laughs> that came up on the broadcast was one of those where you're kind of looking around like, is this guy <laughs> seeing something I'm not seeing? Uh, so yes. we'll, we'll see. Coach, last thing I wanted to mention was just the end of the half, which I imagine the way that Indiana ended the first half would have you pulling out any remaining hair uh, that you might have left if you were coaching this IU team. You know, under a minute, they make just two absolutely great plays where Mac has it in transition. Cups takes that charge, which he did a great job getting in front of him to take the charge. Banks go down, goes down and drills a three. And it's a, you know, a quick little run there for Indiana to go up 39-34. But then they come right back and out of a timeout, barely even get a shot off. I don't even know what they were trying to do offensively because they just wasted the entire possession around the perimeter. And then Mac goes full court on, on Cups and Banks in a three to end up you know, taking a lead into the half. And so, again, Indiana was able to overcome it, but there were some things like that little stretch, like some of the turnovers in the second half, that a, a better team is going to make you pay a little more than this Harvard team, which really, they just kind of seemed to run out of gas a little bit in the second half, you know, as shooters and, and, and some of the other things they were doing in the first half. But that end of the first half was uh, all over the place. It, it, it's just a momentum killer because you start to feel good uh, about where Indiana is up five, and then you don't execute coming out of a timeout, which Indiana does well under Coach yeah. Woodson. Uh, their their side out of bounds, their their baseline out of bounds actions are really, really, really good. It's, I think that's one of Coach Woodson's strengths. So, uh, you know, you, you expect at least a decent look coming out of that, and they just had to fling something, and then that kid makes a play. That kid was a the Mac kid was really talented uh, guard. Uh, he can elevate and score above people when people are guarding him. And, and let's clear up too that all of those fouls were fouls. You have to let shooters land. Whether he, he you know, there is a flop rule. He didn't fall down, uh, and he didn't kick his foot it, into the defender. He just has a wide landing and that's his landing and he's allowed to have it um and, and you can't run up underneath shooters either coming off a screen so both of those calls were fair fair calls that indiana has to uh, adjust uh but that that kid it was was pretty smart doing but you, you gotta you know cubs did turn him a little bit i know hummel said you can't let him have a straight line drive uh you know four and a half seconds is more than enough time to dribble full length of the court the kid just made a play but you don't want to be in a position to have that. If you hit that shot or you get the you get rim or something, they don't get that clear cut cut run out. Those things happen. It's what I mentioned at the opening, adversity. That was adversity going into half. Then you come out and X takes a seat in street clothes. And you I thought there was more energy and passion. Uh, even though there were silly mistakes. Those those loose passes, I don't mind the I don't like those. 
But those are young kids making mistakes. They'll, they'll get that cleaned up. Uh, you'll yell at them, put them on the line for that or whatever. But th- those are ridiculous. But those are very, very, very fixable. Um, so I, I just thought they, they handled that halftime. They could have come in and really sulked and been in a battle. And they come out and really took it to Harvard in the second half. So a lot of this stuff, too, is we want perfection as fans and as coaches. You coach to perfection, but it is a process. And I thought today represented a step in the right direction. A lot of these things can't happen. Uh, that end of the half sequence cannot happen when you start playing the Maryland's, the Michigan's, and the Kansas, or, or you're going to be behind the eight ball. Yep. Yeah, I thought some of the 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 th- not the three he banked in at the end, but the the one before that was off of one where it felt like IU had two or three chances to get the defensive rebound, couldn't do it. They kicked it out for a three, and they scored on. They had four offensive rebounds in the first half, scored ten points off them. They scored off of every single one of them. Two of them were th- for threes, and I felt like in both cases with the threes, it was plays that. Like IU just, it was almost an effort thing of getting to the ball. I felt like, to your point, coach, with the passion and things like that in the second half, like they made mistakes, but I don't, I didn't feel like in general the second half was mistakes that were just lack of effort. There was one where Renew got beat and then just stood on the baseline and and let them get the re, let them get the rebound or, and put it back. But in general, it, it felt like some of the mistakes in the first half were effort based, and that wasn't the case in the second half, at least. You know, to me now, I could probably watch it back and maybe come come away with a different viewpoint. But uh, for a young team, I think that's growth. Um, it, it's it's not great. This team isn't where we probably wish they were, or want them to be, any of those kinds of things. But I think that those kinds of mistakes or the lack of those kinds of mistakes shows at least a little bit of growth from this team. You know, and you come out in the second half, you're down by one to a team you're supposed to beat. You don't have your point guard that can make guys be like, okay, we cannot screw around for these twenty minutes. You know, we got to really be extra focused, you know, and do do a little bit more. And that's kind of what it felt like um, the way that they played. All right. Next up, it is time to go inside the numbers brought to you by Jackson Hewitt Tax Services. If you live in Bloomington or the surrounding areas and you want your taxes done right, contact our friend and chat mob Hall of Famer Megan Mahaffey and her team in Bloomington, Bedford and Martinsville by calling 812-339-3334 or by visiting jacksonhewitt.com. All right, well, this is the question that has defined the Inside the Numbers segment uh, this season. Did Indiana make more three-pointers than Megan has in the Jackson Hewitt phone number, which is five? And the answer is, ladies and gentlemen, you could kind of say they did. Indiana, four of 15 from the three-point line, but slightly deceiving given that two of those makes were very close. Now, look, we're not, you know, obviously they didn't actually make them, but I do think it's important to to note, Andy, Indiana did seem a little bit more willing to take threes or shots that were at least they thought were threes today. And so, you know, this number has been huge all season, you know, kind of the three-point number. Harvard goes nine for 26. We knew they were going to take and make a lot of threes. That's what they do. And so you just look at it, Indiana four for 15. It looks like they absolutely dominated us from the three-point line. But a little bit deceiving, given the fact that I think McKenzie hit one, CJ Gunn, you know, hit one that probably should have been a three. So it was at least, I think, a little bit of progress in a team that showed a little bit more willingness to take threes as a regular part of their offense. Um, And certainly, you know, the percentage would be a little bit better if you threw that in there. So need to have the awareness to get behind the line. But I at least liked the process of what I saw today, even if some of the execution and some of the results weren't exactly what we wanted. Yeah. The, the flip side of that potentially is 13 of the 15 came from three guys, which was Renew, Galloway, and Banks. Um, so I don't know that 
in some ways, maybe three guys taking them isn't necessarily. Well, Mbako took five. Or that's what I meant. Sorry, if I had said somebody else, that's that's who yeah. I meant. Uh, but those, yeah, those three guys took you know thirteen of the fifteen. Then you had Ware, and then Cups took one late. But I, it did seem like, to your point, even with some of the longer shots, they were more willing to do that, and they're going to have to be right. Like you're seeing over the course of the game, coming into the game, people are going to double renew uh, a lot, and at times he struggled to to get rid of the ball quick enough. He's going to have to be able to make some of those passes. We talked about the drive and kick stuff with Galley. There's opportunities there if they can get there. And one of the things that you know that Hummel talked about uh, on the game was that that I used guys didn't look like they were even ready to shoot a lot of times when they yes. were catching the ball. Uh, and I started to pay attention to it a little bit more after that. Um, and you know, it's hard to argue that you know it's hard to argue some of that stuff. And and I don't know if that is a function of Guys not being confident, not thinking that that's really what they want to do from an offensive standpoint. Don't really know, but looks like guys um, just conditioned to feed the post to me, and they're thinking yeah, that first. It, it was. I'm just thinking about where my next pass is going to be, not taking the shot. Um, so I think that mindset you've got to see change, and hopefully it does. As guys see a couple go in, and and like you said, I, probably fitting uh, to a certain extent for CJ Gunn to actually make one that he thought was a three, and then his foot was on the line. Um, but he's just got to keep shooting. These guys have got to keep shooting if they're taking good shots. And I think for the most part, they were, uh, you know, Gall- one of Galloway's was at the end of the shot clock, but most of the others were open shots. A reputation. And Baco so has even to- when we make something that looks like yep. a three, the refs are like, nah, that couldn't have actually been a three. And Baco has to take some contested threes. He can't be afraid. And if they're telling him he's can only shoot open threes, I, I don't like that. Um, the question is, do we have the guards, to run plays for to get threes. That's the ultimate question because we don't run actions to get threes. Threes are going to be a secondary reaction to doubles on ball screens or doubles out of the post, and they're basically kickouts. Um, but do we? I saw all weekend, all feast week, a lot of flare screens off the top with guys catching the flare screen and shooting threes. And I just, I got another piece of turkey every time I saw one. And I'm, I mean, it was just, a feast of threes during feast week in college basketball by running a simple catch at the high catch at the slot or the high high post throw the ball and have a big come up and hit a flare screen and throw you got the baseline rip you got the slip for the post you still can be post oriented and have your post set flare screens and pin screens uh back screens rescreens that can still be a part of college basketball. Um, but the question is, do we have guys who can do that? Uh, I think Mbako, yes. I'm not sure right now. CJ Gunn, but he's not getting the run that we need. Other than that, I'm not sure you can run Trey in those situations. And I'm not sure X is more of a catch and shoot three or a ball screen go under three. So, um, yeah, I would love to see stuff run for more threes, but I'm not sure the roster construction fits that quite yet and and i'm at least willing to understand that uh for a while but yes uh, we 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 have to be super super efficient we've we're already killing that dead horse all year uh in the in the two game in order to win win basketball games and then when you watch all this stuff when you're you're at home you're just seeing a ton of people freely shooting threes on breaks on kickouts on and one more passing that that we don't see um so that continues to be uh, 
uh, interesting thing. But we did take 18. To answer your initial question, I did think they were more free to shoot, which is a move in the right direction. Yes. Because if those three would have counted, I think we were seven for 18, which would have been I'll take that. Closer, to what you, closer to what you need in college basketball. Yeah, no, it it's a great point, Coach. I mean, we don't have the personnel to be a prolific three-point shooting team, but we need to be more opportunistic than we've been. I mean, we have a guy like Mbako who, I mean, theoretically can make. I mean, again, one for five, his percentage isn't good right now, but you're seeing the way that he can shoot. I think that's going to come around, so he would be the one guy to to hopefully run some more of those four. Um, Andy, what other numbers stood out to you? The one that I, only other one I wanted to mention right off the top is offensively, Indiana scores one point three four or one point three nine points per possession in the second half. Just incredibly efficient. That's only going two for nine from downtown. But just incredible efficiency down low between Malik Renew and Khalil Ware, uh, powering that number in the second half. Yeah, I mean, y- you look uh, defensively against a three-point shot. Harvard one of nine in the second half. Uh, there were still some open ones for sure uh, that were in those that they missed. But that is uh, easily the best half of <laughs> three-point defense that IU has shown uh, this year. I mean, and just on two-point shots in general, IU is 32 of 48 uh, doing the, the quick math here. So 67%, uh, I believe, on twos. And that translates to, you know, 50 points in the paint, which, you know, like it or not, that's going to have to be the uh, <laughs> what this team does. Maybe it changes a little bit over the course of time, but uh, I think that's a big one. The bench, uh, again, came up with 19 points, so 19, 16 uh, bench points. And, uh, played them to, you know, almost a stalemate on second chance points. They ended up with 18 after 10 in the first half. So improved on that just a little bit. Uh, I'll hold off on the assist stuff. Cause I know coach said he had something he wanted to talk through on that coach. Yeah. To counter the guards. So what our guards can do is be facilitators and get that ball moving and then get your step in threes. Like Trey can hit step in threes. X can hit step in threes. We're, we may not be able to run sets on catch and catch and, and shoot threes, but we can share the basketball more. And our guards right now, I think, really force the action in the lane. In the first half, we had 10 assists. In the second half, uh, Indiana had 10 assists. But in the first half, seven of them were post players. Uh, three each for Renew and, and Ware, and one for Sparks, and, and only three from Perimeters. And then all of a sudden you had Trey Galloway get uh, five or four assists and Cups get three and Leo get one. Eight assists. The, they were facilitating the offense. That's why the offense exploded. They were getting the ball to the people who could score, which is our front line guys. And then I think what you'll end up seeing is some threes going in because of all of that action. And then the other thing was, without X, we didn't run a whole lot of middle ball screens. We still ran some post-ups and we did a few ball screens, but that ball did not overbounce. Uh, with Trey and and Gabe and Leo coming in the game, they were getting us into sets and either going inside or doing whatever they wanted to do, and they got eight assists from the guard play. That's something that X is capable of doing, and Trey is also capable of doing. He showed that in the second half. Those two senior guards need to do that and let their scoring come. Uh, quit trying to force their shots at the rim because we got great execution at the rim uh, with, with our two bigs that if you get that, and that's what X did in that Big Ten tournament. He had seven, eight, nine assists in those games. He can do that. He's got to get back to that instead of taking crazy running hooks or running floaters like Trey is taking. But those assists in the second half is why we all felt good about that offense in the second half. Scoring, we had 39. uh, We scored, what, 49 points? 
something like that in the second half. Um, and the other thing is the zone, when people play zone, I think Indiana's zone offense is, is basic. It's just a 13-1 a guy in a high post, guy in the dunker spot. But it forces Indiana to find the open spot and pass the basketball instead of over-dribbling. And this game right now in college, there's a lot of dribbling, and sometimes that's not good for college basketball. But it really helped Indiana to get into a passing mode, which then carried over into the second half with those assist numbers. Hold that thought because it just brought up a lingering question for me that I want to talk about next segment. Last number that I want to bring up, and Andy, it's to a point that you made. Gabe Cups had three rebounds in 20 minutes played. Xavier Johnson and Trey Galloway had three rebounds in 49 minutes played. And maybe not a totally fair comparison because obviously X has been dealing with injury, and so we leave some space for that. But I think that is to the point, you know, of a uh, you know a young backup point guard who is really in tune with what his coach wants him to do. And the thing is, those rebounds didn't just fall to Gabe. He went and got them. All of them. Um, and so I think we need to see a little bit more of that. Andy, I know you have to go. Um, so why don't you give us your last call and then give us your quick game ball and hustle award before we uh, break here for segment three. Yeah, it kind of like I said in, in one of the, the comments on the meaningful moments, you know, I feel like you saw a little bit of growth within the game from this team. And there is still a long way to go uh, to try to figure out what the ceiling of this team might be. Um, but I think you've seen growth. And I think that's all that you really can hope for uh, at this point. Now, things get substantially tougher as you look at the upcoming schedule. And what we've seen in large stretches of some of these games is not going to be good enough uh, against the, the level of competition that they're playing. But my hope is that they're they're, they're taking some lessons away from these and, and incrementally finding little things to fix and get better uh, as they go forward. I think what we've seen, you know, particularly in this game, the offense has uh, the, the chance for, for multiple guys to go off for career nights, um, given some of the, the talent that is there, uh, if they can figure out how to play together. And I think you saw some of that a little bit more. I didn't think Mbako was selfish. I thought there were times he could have taken shots and he, he was willing to pass the ball to somebody else. He wasn't just forcing things. There were multiple times that I thought, he's kind of getting going. Is he going to take one? And he didn't force stuff. I, I think you've seen growth from him. Uh, and, and quite frankly, he has to be great uh, for this season to really become what what IU fans and, and we hope it can be uh, because he d- does some things that other guys simply can't do. Uh, so excited to see that from him, and hopefully he can build on that. Obviously, the biggest question is around X and what that might mean, uh, given the, you know, the lack of guards just on the roster, let alone guys who uh, Woodson seems to trust in big moments. So uh, we'll see what that is. Luckily, not the same foot. Doesn't necessarily make you feel dramatically better, but I think everybody would be uh, a lot more concerned uh, if it was the same foot that he'd hurt last year. So we'll see what happens and what the reports are there. But uh, overall, decent win against another team who has uh, really outperformed their preseason expectations and I think will be a, a big factor in the Ivy League, which is going to be pretty good overall. So uh, And a neutral court win, so that helps a little bit too as you start thinking about uh, some of the tournament conversations. So, um, you know, a lot, a lot of positives to take away, a lot of work to still do, giving up too many points, too many open threes, too many second chance points, uh, all those things, but uh, found a way to win in a tough situation. And uh, I think everybody would have come into the season saying, hey, if you don't have X for a half in a tight game and a game that you're losing at halftime, how do you overcome that? They were able to do it, as as Coach mentioned a couple of times. So uh, I, I think for me, it's been a lot about trying to recalibrate what expectations really need to be for this team from from game to game and uh so maybe i'm moving the goalpost to to make myself feel better about what we saw but um 
but anyway, I thought there was some positives to take away and, uh, and, and, and excited about that part. Uh, in terms of game ball, uh, gotta go Khalil Ware. Uh, just, he continues to be uh, a force out there. And I will go, uh, I'll actually go Mbako for the, the free throw rebounds. I'll use that as my justification for him to get the Hoosier hustle. I thought effort wise nice. was one of his better games. I think defensively, he was down in a stance a little bit more trying. He's still hand checking the hell out of everybody who's uh, getting anywhere near him. But, um, but again, it, it's it, it, the, the effort was there. He, he got some tough rebounds. Um, and so I think for him, that's a, that's a pretty big step in, in finding ways that he can potentially impact the game, even, um, you know, impact the game in ways more than just scoring today. So I'll give it to him for that. It's grading a bit on a freshman curve, but I like it. I'm gonna, Absolutely. We're going to allow that vote to stand. <laughs> All right. All right Andy, appreciate you, it. <laughs> great. Thanks for coming, man. Enjoy the rest right. of your Sunday. Always good to have you. See you, Andy. All right. We'll do Just need the Eagles to come back now that they just gave up the lead. So yeah, I'm sure they'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see. All right. I'll talk to you guys later. <laughs> see you, man. All right. Coming up here on the Assembly Call, it's our final segment. Coach and I will hand out our game balls and Hoosier Hustle Award winners. We'll discuss a lingering question or two and then look ahead to what Indiana has coming up on the schedule that's about to stiffen. That's next on the Assembly Call. Stick with us. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give. But what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Thomas Bryant. What's the only thing better than being Kentucky in the NCAA tournament? Celebrating it with friends afterwards. Join Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach after every IU basketball game. Go Hoosiers. All right. Thank you, Thomas. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. I'm Jared Morris. We lose one co-host every segment. It's just me and Coach here wrapping things up here at the, at the end of the show. Uh, Coach, it is time for our Game Ball series. We break down Indiana's win over Harvard and Indianapolis today. Our Game Ball is presented by our friends Allie and James at Bloom Environmental. And as we enter the colder months and begin to stay indoors a bit more, they want to make sure everyone knows about radon, a colorless, odorless, radioactive gas that is the leading cause of lung cancer in non-smokers. It enters buildings, it enters buildings through cracks and gaps in the foundation, 
and through service pipes of homes. Contact Bloom Environmental today and mention Assembly Call for a free radon test kit and mitigation estimate. You can learn more at bloomenviro.com. That's bloomenviro.com. All right, Coach. Well, Ryan gave us his Game Ball and Hustle Awards before he left. His went to Khalil Ware as well, as did Andy's. Uh, I think it'd be pretty hard to make a case for anybody else. Do you want to give it a try, or is Ware getting yours? No, Ware, Ware's getting mine. Uh, but you could make a case for Renew. He had some key baskets when they needed to, and he's still the go-to guy. And then yeah. uh, credit him for coming back uh, and fighting through that injury. And then Mbako, too. I, I, I do think... Uh, wear and renew are going to be there and be consistent. But if Indiana is going to win basketball games, they need to have production from their wings and he's the most likely. And you saw today what that kind of looks like. And so sometimes it's not always the guy who scores the most points. That's the most valuable. If you don't have Mbako's contributions today and you still have wares, I'm not sure we win the game. So you could easily make a case for uh, Mbako, but where was just dominant all the way across and and he gets my game ball. He he. The only thing I can say about Ware right now is that he needs to be more physical, or he needs to avoid the physical moves. You saw a little bit of that in New York City, where he he'd go up and he'd get bodied, and then he'd shoot something uh, very weakly. He he needs to fade away, or he needs to go up and dunk, or he needs to spin and go around someone. Uses athleticism in the post because he's probably not going to go through someone, and, and that's yet to be. Maybe it's in his game. We haven't seen it, but almost everything else about his game is been more than expected. Very, very, very pleased with uh, that young man's performance, not only today, but uh, all season long. That's the only thing right now that, and I just tell him, just avoid those situations. Take a fadeaway, you know, spin move, something like that, instead of trying to, you know, crab hop and hit the guy with your chest and go through him. Um, that's not his game. That's more Renew's game. But Great effort uh, by both of those young men. I'm going to have to go with Ware. Yeah, Ware's just been terrific. I mean, you look at you know just his efficiency numbers. I mean, his offensive rating right now, Coach, is 129.2 uh, on a usage rate of 23%, which is excellent and almost begs for him to get the ball a little bit more. You know, it does feel like there's maybe a little bit more meat on the bone for him, as Ryan said, to have a few you know, perimeter opportunities, get some more shots out there, but he's been terrific and really has been, you know, along with Malik, the most consistent game in game out producer for Indiana. So yeah, you could maybe make an argument for a couple other guys, but I think where's the clear winner. That is his fourth game ball of the season. Malik has two. Caleb has one. McKenzie Mbako has one. And now we'll do the Hoosier Hustle Award on the uh, for the first game that Anthony Leo played in. So we'll talk a little bit about him uh, here coming up, but here's the Hoosier Hustle Award. Hi, this is Anthony Leo, and it's time for the Hoosier Hustle Award. But first, I have some exciting news to share about our friends at Evansville Security Services. They've been acquired. They are now part of the team at Security Pro 24-7, which provides trusted and reliable security for your event or business, from Bloomington, my hometown, to Evansville, where Coach Calvert Chaney grew up, and everything in between. Just like hustle can't be measured by stats, prevention can't be measured either, but it has a huge impact on your bottom line and peace of mind. So let the security pros at Security Pro 24-7 help you prevent a bad outcome today. Visit securitypro247.com to learn more. That's securitypro247.com. And tell them Anthony Leo sent you. All right. Thank 
Thank you, Anthony. Coach Anthony Leal played a little bit today. We can maybe spend a minute or two talking about him right here. You know, in the second half with X out. I'm not sure. Someone mentioned something about CJ Gunn having some sort of wrap on his hand. I didn't notice it, so I'm not sure if there was an injury limiting him. I mean, he only played three minutes. Uh, and so, you know, Mike Woodson quick to go to Anthony Leal. And I thought in his six minutes, you know, showed – I think he showed the full range of probably the reasons why he doesn't play more, but why he is a valuable guy to have. You know, he's a non-threat offensively. He just – you know, his offensive game hasn't really come around. But what he does do is move the ball quickly. And I thought in particular on the one assist he had, he made such a quick decision to get it into Malik that it gave Malik about a half-step advantage on his man when he went to make his move. And that was set up by a really good pass from Anthony Leal that I thought, you know, defensively – did a great job of beating his man to the baseline and cutting off a drive on one possession and then got beaten and you know driven for a bucket uh, on a later possession. And so you saw some good, you saw some bad from him, but overall in his six minutes, um, that's what you want from the 11th or 12th man on your bench. Come in, don't take anything off the table and support the main guys. And I thought Anthony did that and it was nice to see him get on the court. When you only get six minutes, you, the one drive st- sticks out because everyone got driven or gave up some bad defense at, at some point. Every one of those guards did, so he he wasn't alone. But he he stuck his nose in there. He's taking drives in the chest. The thing I like, his, his post-passing, always when he's gotten his limited run, he's been able to throw that ball in against the zone or post-feed. I think he's our best post-feeder, and you don't play a kid just because he can feed the post. But the ball did move, and here's something that's probably a meaningful moment. He was calling the plays. Uh, mm. we, they changed defenses. Uh, one time he was in from man to zone and immediately he recognized it and he was telling people where, where, where to go. That is so important because sometimes we are late to get started in our offense, whether it is young guys not getting in the right spot or whether it's the point guard, not recognizing zone or man or the, you know, cause most of the stuff comes from the players. It doesn't come from the sidelines in, in, in this program. That was he. He had his hands moving all the time, and he was telling people all the time. That's someone who's locked into the scouting report, who's not going to get much run. But when he got emergency time, he was making an impact. Uh, I thought Leo's minutes were very, very valuable in securing that run to get Indiana into a space to win the game. I thought he was extremely important, um, and in his play in in all the intangibles today. So congratulations, Anthony, for a good play, but also for mentally being ready uh, when your number was called. So we have a vote currently for McKenzie and Baco for the Hustle Award and a vote for Malik. This was a tough one. I think I'm going to side with Ryan on this one and go with Malik. And the main reason why, and I think this is Ryan's reasoning, although he wasn't able to give it, is, you know, obviously Malik had the back issue, had to leave for a little bit. And... <laughs> All of us were like, oh, man, no X, no Malik. What is this going to look like? Uh, and the team actually did an okay job for a few minutes with those guys out of the game. But Malik coming back in was huge in Indiana being able to to secure a double-digit victory. You know, and so I think, you know, there were some moments where I don't think he maybe went after a rebound as hard as he should have and some of those things. But just him toughing it out and being on the court, I mean, you just – this team is just more settled when Malik Renew is out there because he's option number one. And so when he's there, everything is more settled. And so I'm going to give him – I thought McKenzie and Baco hustled a lot, um, but I'm going to give it to Malik because I think being able to play through injury and just be on the court – and also one number we didn't mention for Malik, only one foul. So after two games of you know getting back up into having nine fouls in two games, he was back to just having that one foul, which is big. I mean, his just availability – 
ability to be on the court, whether it's because of fouls or injuries, whatever, is huge for this team. So I'm going to give it to him for toughing it out and not letting the back injury take him out of that game. Who gets your hustle award? We're going to the chat mob to break a tie. I'm going with Mbako. Offensive <laughs> offensive rebounds, eight rebounds for a guy uh, that was looking like he was just standing around, not fi- not knowing where he was at. I thought he was down in a stance. Uh, he overhelped once and gave up a three, but who do- who isn't doing that uh, in Indiana basketball? Mbako was locked in, and and his non stat movement was was at a high speed too. Sometimes when you're lost, you just stand and let things happen. Like he was sticking his nose and stuff, even if he didn't get a steal or, or a rebound. It was his best performance because he was locked in and flying around. Sometimes he was flying around and had nowhere to go or didn't know where to go, but he was not just standing like he had been yeah. uh, kind of lost. I thought his effort and hustle combined were the difference of why he was able to hit some shots and eight rebounds and those two offensive rebounds on free throws. That's all heart. Um, and sometimes when you're struggling and you're supposed to be that big stud and you're struggling, those are the things you're going to just let go and try to get back to the other end. But no, he, he went and got those. So uh, for me, I'm going to agree with Andy uh, Mbako. All right, we'll give a few more minutes for some votes to come in here. It looks like Mbako's in the lead, but there are some votes for Malik. So maybe Quang or somebody, can you guys tally that up and let me know here in a minute or two, and we will officially break the tie to see who gets this hustle award. But coach, so you pick a guy, you pick a guy who chose Malik to to score. Oh, I see how you work. I see how you work. You pick Quang. He had Quang's a great guy. He's he's honorable. Quang Quang's I'm sure best name in in the world. I'm sure he's honorable. But you just happen to pick the guy who picked Malik. You know, Good. someone should pick Leal should have tallied the votes. <laughs> uh, I see okay, how you so- work, Morris. <laughs> All right. Well, that comes in. Let's talk lingering question here. Coach, something that, you know, when you were talking about, you know, Indiana's offense and how, you know, with X and Trey, there's a lot of dribbling, kind of sometimes some over dribbling. And one thing with Gabe Cups, and he's, Gabe Cups has not been very productive so far. You know, I think we need to say that. Like, you know, he's a freshman and, you know, he's a guy that you're kind of hoping he's going to come in and play supporting minutes. You're not counting on him for a lot. Now, he he was more productive today, you know, getting his three rebounds. He had three assists, a couple points. You know, that's more than he's done. Um, but, you know, he's built his reputation mostly on hustle and being a defensive guy, and that's fine. That's what he should be as a freshman. But I am wondering, you know, Coach, when he's in the game, he doesn't spend a whole lot of time dribbling. He gets the ball and gets it to the next place it needs to go. Now, he's not typically the one using the possession or finishing. He's a guy right now who's better supporting better players. Could there be an argument for playing him and X together a little bit more so that he can get kind of get us into our offense? It might give X some more opportunities to be a catch and shoot guy. And, you know, especially with Trey struggling, just kind of having those two guys together does seem to bog the offense down a little bit. You know, and, and maybe Trey is better, uh, you know, with, you know, playing with the second unit a little bit more, just taking on a little bit of a different role than starting every game as the shooting guard, you know, and needing to score those points. Now, we need him to come around, but I guess to my point, would splitting them up, having a guy like Gabe, who's much just kind of gets into the offense a little bit quicker, could that unlock some things that we've been struggling with? Or is the ceiling for that just not high enough and we need to get this figured out with X and Trey? 
well, I think it's best if we get it figured out with X and Trey because defensively, I think they're better than Cups uh, for major minutes right now. Uh, Gabe still needs to get a little stronger and just figure out the speed of the game on the defensive side and on the offensive side. But you're absolutely right. When it was Trey and Cups and Leo, people moved and the ball moved. The ball still went inside. I'm not against going to your bread and butter, but I think people movement and ball movement is the name of the game in college basketball. And the result of that, well, you'll get some threes out of that instead of the stand and dribble stuff that is NBA version. I just believe that. Uh, that's probably why I'm sitting in the recliner and other people are getting paid millions because I, I might not know what I'm talking about. But um, I do think that the ball in the second half moved and people moved. And that's guard play. Uh, instead of always having to come off of a little zoom action, Chicago and float it at the rim or ball screen and go in and shoot over people at the rim for guard scoring it, they were facilitators, uh, as I spoke in the, in the assist numbers in the second half, I think Trey would be better doing that. I think X would be better doing that. And if you play those two together, I do think X can shoot some threes and he could be a secondary driver too. If he has to get to the rim, have the ball move, have X come off a down screen where they're switching, he gets in a mismatch and now he can go instead of always having that defense set, you're pounding the ball at the middle, you call for the ball screen, the two shooters are in the corner, the defense knows what they want to do with you because they're they're watching, they've scouted that. If yeah. you move X... And then someone's got to close out on X. He's going to blow by, and, and then he'll be even a, a, a bigger uh, asset than just being set and pounding the crap out of that basketball. So I would like to see those two play together, uh, but I would really like to see Trey and X be more of getting that ball reversed, getting that ball popping, uh, thinking assists more than points. Because, man, we have enough points right now in that front line, and I think the points will end up coming. I just firmly believe that if they if they change their mindset right now. But I think – they're taking a responsibility for production where that responsibility for production isn't needed uh, as much being senior guards um, it, or it's production in a different way than maybe uh, what uh, you know, you see what hood Shafino did last year. That's not X. That's not X's game. He, he's not going to be scoring 25, 30 points a game. He shouldn't with the team that we have. So I love that idea. I'm not for changing the starting lineup. But that does bring to a lingering question about rotations and oh, subs. Right. I think the second half, I don't ever want X out. So I'm not saying that don't anyone read into it. But he was forced not to go massive subs. <laughs> he had to play Cups with – Cups is better playing with the four studs than he is playing yes. with Anthony Walker and Sparks. Uh, and, and I think CJ would be better. I think Banks Banks was playing with Mbako. Those were the two and the three at some point. And Banks gets some threes because you got to pay attention. And all of a sudden now your fourth or fifth option becomes, uh, you know, you're not, it, it's just different. That, that hockey sub stuff has to, has to end. I know he did it a lot his first year. He went away from it last year because he had the, the really talented players. And I know he thinks he's got 10 guys who can play, but you can still play 10 possibly if you pick your spots. And I think you elevate people. I would love to see CJ in with the starting lineup. Um, and, and Banks has played so well, but he's the sub for Mbako. So when Mbako gets 14 points in the first half, then then all of a sudden Banks, who's productive, wasn't going to get a whole lot of time. I just uh, Woodson's done a lot of good things, but his substitution philosophy it, it bugs me right now because I don't think it maximizes our secondary players as much as um, as, as it could. No, and he tends so, not to do the line change subs in the second half. 
Um, right. Even in the first half, like you don't need to play number six through 10 on your roster together just because they're number six through 10, you know, but here's what happens guys in better position. If you're mixing and matching, then he gets pissed at him when they don't play well. And then he doesn't play him in the second half. Like I hope CJ was hurt because we need CJ, but all of a sudden CJ doesn't play because the memory of the coach is well in that four minute segment, we gave up a three point lead and went down five. So they didn't play. So they're not locked in on this game and maybe they aren't. Um, but I've just, you just see that pattern. Like these guys need some run in order to work through some of their stuff and get that run where they can make a mistake and it's covered up by where, if they can't guard, then where's going to swat it, but maybe sparks can't. Um, so it's hard, it's hard to play 10 and do that without playing five man groups. But, um, you know, on the nights when the five second group isn't playing well, like tonight, it really hurts. It just really does. I mean, I think the stats bear that out. No, totally. And the thing is, Coach, you know, you've got Renew and Ware. They're obviously, you want those guys playing together. They play well together. But why not stagger them, especially in the first half, when you have a guy like Mbaka slide down to the four or Banks? I know. It just seems to make more sense to always have one of those guys on the court when you have so many good options at the four, too. You know, and then again, you can come back and play them together in key moments, but it does feel like staggering that stuff would just give us the a, a greater ability for 40 minutes of cohesive basketball instead of so many ups and downs you know the same with Trey and X yeah like i think one of those two guards needs to be on the floor at all times and one of the wear and renew needs to be on the floor at all times and then sub your patterns around that yes like those guys are good like why do you want them off the floor together like have you could have a dominant post player on the floor for 40 minutes, but you choose to take them out for at least four or five minutes in the first half makes zero sense. Um, and, and again, don't read this as I'm anti Mike Woodson or anything like that. You know, the, everyone gets, you know, their panties in a bunch when you're critical a little bit, but, uh, that, that's just, that's just got to end. Um, it didn't work in year one. It's not working altogether. They had a good run against Louisville for, for a little bit, but someone in the chat, I, I um, Said, and I, I'm sorry not to give you credit. Uh, oh, Andy, um, Andy Bla- Block or Black? I can't read. My Black. bifocals aren't working. Black. Okay, Andy Black. They the offense was humming today to start the game, Jared. Yeah. Humming. Maybe not good defensively, but th- the ball was going in, and Baca was scoring. And then all of a sudden, at the 14 minute mark, six minutes, boom, out. And then what happens? We we didn't come. We came back in and weren't very good. The the flow was disrupted. Yeah. Um. So that's my lingering question. I'm with you. Hey, look, coach. There was only one basketball coach who was perfect. You know, all the other ones. We can still support them. And you know, you can have questions about what they do from a strategic perspective. And these are lingering questions with Coach Woodson. You know, and I think we're seeing it here disrupt the flow in the first half. So okay. Um, by the way, honorable mention, uh, <laughs> hustle to Anthony Walker, nine points, four boards. You know, I know we mentioned him earlier, but probably haven't talked enough about him. Um, you know, doing a little bit better job coach, I think of not shot hunting, but finding he's got that little floater game. You know, he's got the ability to score when he gets it in the right position and really did some nice things against the zone, uh, today for, for Indiana. So some really like, that's what you want. I mean, 14 minutes, you get nine points and four rebounds out of Anthony Walker, Probably should have talked about it a little bit more before now, but that's meaningful off the bench uh, for this Indiana team. And that's what he was brought here to do. Not go out and, you know, shot hunt threes and do a lot of that stuff, but hustle, make smart veteran plays when you need them. And he was able to do that, which is nice to see. 
All right, Coach, coming up here, our next show is going to be Friday after IU Maryland. Uh, but our crew from Doing the Work, they're going live pretty soon after us. In fact, we got 10 minutes to get out of here, Coach, because they scheduled their show at 7 o'clock Central. Put some pressure on us to not linger too long uh, here in this show. But we'll be back Thursday with Assembly Call Radio. We'll have a more in-depth preview of Maryland uh, and then you know Indiana's upcoming schedule there. But that game is Friday. It's on Peacock. Go to you know uh, the Inside the Hall Twitter account or to their website. They've got an affiliate link for you to sign up for Peacock. Uh, that just gives them a kick uh, back of whatever money you pay to Peacock. So support our friends at Inside the Hall. If you're going to go to Peacock anyway, keep some of that cash in the IU family. You know. Um, so anyway, go there, sign up. You're going to need Peacock to watch that game. We'll talk more about it on Thursday. As always, support our friends at Homefield Apparel. Use the promo code HOME23 to get 15% off your first order at homefieldapparel.com. Coach, with that said, it is last call. Final thoughts on this Indiana victory. Five and one. Yeah, five and one feels good. Uh, the play hasn't been good until I thought really the second half today. And you got to play 40 minutes coming up on this schedule or at least as close to it as possible. But I thought the second half gave us a glimpse of what this team could be. We get a healthy X back and X and Trey doing those guard things uh, of getting the ball and moving people. I think that's the key. Always got to tighten up some defense and rebounding. But you take these wins. Now you got to up that level. Um, you know, it's it's really time to play a lot better in all areas. But the second half was really, really enjoyable. And I thought actually the first half was enjoyable as well, just not the result because Harvard was – was hitting some shots and, and, and we, you know, we didn't play super well, but, um, it was one of those like, man, is this where we're at where I feel good about it, but we're only, we're down one to Harvard. I was a little concerned that maybe that's just, you know, our preseason expectations were way off base. And, and I still think we need to kind of recalculate them a little bit, but the second half gave me a little bit of hope, uh, going in and, and Maryland's Maryland and Michigan both have had some good games and some tough times too. So maybe that's a way to get started in the big 10 leading into a huge battle, um, coming up in December. Yeah. Look, the number one thing Indiana had to get out of here with a victory. They did that. Um, and I think showed some things in the second half that allow you to walk away feeling like some progress was made. You know, it wasn't the full 40 minute effort that you want to see given how up and down that first half was. We've talked through a lot of the reasons for that, but it was yet another game where Khalil Ware was engaged and productive and tough and showing a wide range of abilities to score. Another game where Malik Renew, you know, flashed, you know, the, the full breadth of his skills. And of course, the big development today is McKenzie and Baco looked like that third score Indiana needs, that dynamic perimeter score Indiana really needs as the schedule starts to get tougher, you know, because you can beat Florida Gulf Coast and Army and Wright State and Louisville and Harvard playing buddy ball and not getting a lot from your perimeter guys. There aren't many games like that left on the schedule. There just aren't. And so you're going to need McKenzie and Baco to get going and be a you know, 13 to 17 point per game guy. And frankly, you're going to need some others. You know, Trey is going to have to step up. X is going to have to step up. CJ is going to have to be more consistent, you know, but you know, it's, it's only November 26th, still a lot of time for all that to happen. But I think the main things that you hope to get out of today's game, you got them now. Sure. It would have been great to have a 30, 40 point blowout where you're just, you know, running them up and down the court and all that stuff, but that's not really in the cards for this team right now. And so if we're kind of meeting this team where it's at, since that Connecticut game, I think we've seen two straight games where the games have been imperfect. You would like the results to be a little bit more 
decisive against opponents that aren't very good, but you saw enough to feel like progress is being made, and that's the key for this team. And now as the schedule gets tougher, the opponents get tougher, just need that progress to continue. Um, and this team still has every opportunity to fulfill the, you know, the, the, the preseason potential we all thought they had come February and March. And there's still a long time between now and then. Today was a good step in the right direction. Hopefully Friday will be an even bigger and better one. All righty, that will do it for us on this edition of the Assembly Call. If you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assemblycall. And don't forget to go to substack.assemblycall.com to join our free email newsletter. Special thank you to Bob Thompson for the music you hear on the show. Special thank you to John Ringer of rigdesign.com for designing our logo. And thank you for listening. We'll be back Thursday night for AC Radio to talk IU hoops once again. Until then. Take it from me. James Blackman Jr., keep your elbows in, eyes on the rim, and get buckets. Go Hoosiers. All right, I got to get out of here, folks. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. Shoot the ball. Here I come. This is done, Sony. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.